Hi, I'm Calvin Pugh, and this is HIV Connect, a podcast from the International Association of Providers of AIDS Care, or IAPAC, that brings into focus what living with HIV looks like today. In each episode, I connect with clinicians, experts, and community leaders in conversations about clinical and psychosocial management issues, such as aging, stigma, and sexual health topics that matter to people living with HIV. In this week's episode, we focus on undetectable equals untransmittable. And I'm joined by Bruce Richmond, who's the founding executive director of the Prevention Access Campaign, which mobilized activists, scientists, and allies to launch the undetectable equals untransmittable or U equals U message and movement in 2016. Today, U equals U is a thriving health equity and human rights movement with over a thousand official partners in 105 countries that have united to ensure access to information, treatment, and care to make U equals U a reality for all people living with HIV. Bruce has been featured extensively in national and international media, published in the world's leading medical journals, and has presented on U equals U at conferences and symposiums in over 25 countries. Bruce has worked in innovative philanthropy and public service for over 30 years. And D. Connor Otelier, who's been living with HIV for 26 years. Her advocacy began eight years ago when she began hosting her award-winning podcast, Positively D Discussion. D is an international speaker, the executive director of Paws Haven Foundation, Inc., a safe space full of love and hope for people living with HIV. She is one of the founders of the Free Nushan Coalition, a contributing writer for HIV.net, and a blogger for Seeds of Healing. She holds a degree in public health, and her passion for community engagement drives her work partnerships. Her work has resulted in many awards, and Dee has been featured in campaigns and publications, including the first ever U Equals U campaign in the United States. Dee's newest project, A Day Without Art 2022, is a short documentary film on Black cisgender women selected by Visual Aids and was shown in 143 locations. More than a few years ago, the results of multiple clinical trials offered clear-cut evidence that consistent suppression of HIV with ART prevents sexual transmission of the virus. These studies unequivocally supported the concept that HIV treatment was also prevention, otherwise known as treatment as prevention or TASP. Whereas clinicians were aware of this evidence-based concept, it didn't catch on with the HIV community until the Prevention Access Campaign launched the revolutionary U equals U campaign with a pithier message communicating that undetectable equals untransmittable. In this episode of HIV Connect, we will speak with two U equals U advocates about the win-win proposition behind this powerful message. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you for having us. (laughs) It's great to see you. It's so good to see you both. So let's start with a moment of clarity for everybody. What is undetectable and untransmittable, and what do these terms mean for people living with HIV? Well, U equals U stands for undetectable is untransmittable, which means that when a person with HIV is on treatment and the medication reduces the virus so low in the body that it's undetectable by tests, that person not only stays healthy, but is not able to transmit HIV through sex. It's when we're undetectable, our HIV is untransmittable. And that's a revolution in what it means to live with HIV. When the treatments were developed in 1996, 97 people learned that these medications would enable us to live full lives. And now we know those same medications 
also mean we can't pass on HIV to our partners. It's amazing, but still not widely known. And I know how revolutionary that was for me so early on to learn that, Bruce. So Dee, maybe you can provide some personal context. What did it mean for you to learn that? Well, I remember meeting Bruce in 2016 at Positive Living. I did see some U equals U tweets go by on Twitter. And when I read it, I said, oh, I already knew that. So when I met Bruce at Positive Living and uh, we sat down and had a conversation, he actually said to me, why didn't I ever say anything? And I said to him, because I wasn't an advocate at the time when I found this out. And so after sitting down and talking to him, I just hit the ground running because it it means everything to me. I know what it did for my life, you know, knowing it. And so I knew that I had to share it with other people to work to change the narrative of HIV. And that's exactly what U equals U is doing right now. It's changing the narrative. So much so for all of us. So we have undetectable, we have untransmittable. When those are combined, we have the term that we affectionately call U equals U. What's the evidence and or science behind it? Oh my gosh. So there's HTPN 052. There's opposites attract. There's partner one study and partner two study. What did we say, Bruce? Out of all those studies, there were 125 condolous sex acts with zero transmission of HIV. And that's how we know that U equals U is, in fact, true because of the studies. I always say you can't say you believe in science and then say you don't believe in U equals U because the science is right there. It's right there. It's clear. Yes. I would just repeat 125,000. What did I say? (laughs) What did I say? We wouldn't be here if it were 125. (laughs) (laughs) 125,000. Yeah, quickly. But otherwise, that was brilliant. Thank you. Um, well, I mean, you know, coming from where we came from in our knowledge of HIV prior to 2016, 125 would have also been <laughs> exciting. Maybe not to the significance no, that it currently 125, has. 125,000. Yeah, that's a lot. And those people were really yeah. busy, and I applaud them. Yeah. A lot of sex. Yeah, a that's lot a of lot of sex, Calvin. Yeah, good for them. Good for them. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> So treatment is prevention or task, you know, that started back in 2012. And how did our community, the HIV community, leverage that clinical term to launch U equals U? Well, TASP was interesting. TASP was coined by Dr. Julio Montaner from Canada, and he trademarked TASP in 2006, and he really developed and pioneered it around that time, that um, treatment reduces transmission. That concept is the foundation of U equals U. It's so important. TASP is different in the sense that it it doesn't say the level of reduction of virus that you need to get to, undetectable, and it doesn't say the level of reduction in risk, untransmittable. It's not specific in that sense. It's not prescriptive and descriptive and, and empowering the way U equals U is. U equals U really took off and it was created by the community. A lot of people came up with the, the concepts, the phrases. We changed it around. It was undetectable is uninfectious. We changed it to untransmittable. We try to stay away from the, that word infect. And it really took off and was embraced by people. So it's based on treatment as prevention, that science of treatment as prevention, but very, very clear mm. that in order to be 
able to be untransmittable, people need access to the treatment, care, and services to get to undetectable. Um, undetectable is untransmittable. And people are like, you know, tattooing it on their bodies. They're having their U equals U babies. You know, it's over 40 languages. The campaign's in 105 countries. It works. The phrase seems to work for a lot of people from every background. It's amazing, Calvin. Even just talking to you, Bruce, how far this message has gone. Because in the beginning, it was really hard to get the message out. And so for me, I'm just elated at how far we've come with the U equals U message. I mean, it's everywhere. It's, it's global. I'm really happy about that. It is quite astounding when you think about you and I have been here since the beginning and we felt like we were fighting an upward yeah. battle. And, and, then, and there's still so many places around the world where that upward battle is happening. But yeah. it is quite astonishing to think of how far we've all come in this yeah. work. But yeah. it feels like a lifetime and it wasn't that. It wasn't quite that. Yeah. But as a person living with HIV, you know, in the personal context, Bruce and Dee, what was your reaction the first time you heard about the scientific rationale? And what has it meant to you on a personal level? It meant a lot to me, especially knowing what the science was, because it actually proved that what we thought years ago, we were correct about it, you know, and they've known for a long time, but no one ever told us. So it, it has changed my life. It really has changed my life. It's, it's made me more comfortable with telling partners. We always say, you know, we don't feel infectious anymore. I've never really felt infectious, but U equals U has really taken that weight off of my shoulders, you know, with, with a partner, of uh, knowing that I can't transmit, you know, as long as I stay on my meds. So that makes me feel more comfortable. Yeah. And, and for me, I, you know, when I learned it was 2012, so it was from my, my doctor in Miami, uh, who was very well connected to the establishment and told me it was you know, impossible to pass on HIV. I was worried I had been in a situation where I thought I might have passed it on. And, and I was, I mean, I changed my whole outlook on my life when I learned that, that I could have love in my life. I could have sex without fear. I could conceive a child if I wanted to. And there's so many things I didn't think that I could do. And so I initially was amazed, but then I, I became outraged and angry that it wasn't being shared. And I, that was 2012. And so for the course of the next three years, I was sort of wondering and doing, I had another career and wondering why this isn't being shouted from the rooftops and why are people like me learning this who have great connections to the high level of research and medicine and folks were being left out, particularly folks who are already marginalized by the healthcare systems. So I learned a lot in those three years. And then I had to leave my job because I had to do this. I had to tell everybody, just like she did when she learned and became an advocate, you have to tell everybody and make sure everybody can experience it. So I, I, it was joy and then a lot of anger, a lot of outrage, a lot of outrage. Kevin. My favorite thing that I tell everybody is you equals you is my life. It really is my life. I will continue to keep talking about it until the day the creator takes me out of this world because me using my voice and putting a face to HIV and talking about you equals you, it's helping the 
community. It's helping my community. It's helping people of color. I get a lot of people who reach out to me, especially women, when it comes to U equals U, because they want to know if it's really true. So it's my life. I wake up uh, thinking about it. I wake up, I go to sleep thinking about it. I'm eating. I mean, that's all we do. Bruce is the same way. It's just U equals U, U equals U, U equals U. And so, um, yeah, I'll I'll never stop talking about it. But one thing I want to say that a lot of people don't know, and I won't say a lot when it comes to Bruce, uh, because he taught me a lot when it comes to believing in something and actually fighting for it. And I don't know if I've ever told him this, but it's because of him the reason why I fight as hard as I do, because he taught me, taught me that when it comes to you equals you and how he fought so hard. He lost a lot of things when he was fighting for this. You know, people don't know. He didn't, he ran out of money. Um, he was using his own funds. He actually believed in something and that was his passion. That's his journey. And he fought for it. So he actually taught me back then because I had just became an advocate a year before when I met him. And he taught me what it meant to actually fight for what you believe in. I think that's so important to point out, yeah. Dee, because we we all owe a lot to you, Bruce. Yeah. And you've changed so many lives. And I've told you this before, Bruce, but I had been diagnosed maybe two, three months when I stumbled across a video of, of Bruce yelling about you equals you. And it was coincidentally about the time that I was reading the book the the hospital gave me. You know, it was such a depressing, like... You can't do this. Right. You can't do that. You couldn't do this. And the belief of possibility of, oh, maybe I'm not dangerous. Right. Maybe I'm not a harm to other people. And that belief of possibility, I wouldn't be in this work without you. So we do, we owe you a great deal of gratitude. Yeah, Bruce. So believe in hope, right, Calvin? Believe in hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you both for, for saying that. I think I, and I owe you both a mm-hmm. tremendous amount of gratitude because you both know what it was like. It's still tough. It's still hard. Um, and we're still fighting people to get this message out and to stop people from lying about our bodies and to tell us the truth. Um, and you know what it was like in those those early days it was pretty rough. And I think we, we really got through it by supporting each other, you know, and, and just looking at how crazy this is that people aren't still saying it, you know, and just being there for each other through it has meant everything. It's it's very easy to kind of tear down and throw rocks instead of build the house, yeah. especially with social media now. There's a lot of critics who feel more comfortable um, and we need critics. God, we need all voices. We need lots of criticism and, and feedback and we've listened to it for years, but we also need to support each other because you equals you is still radical. After seven years, it's still radical and people are still afraid to say it. And there are massive and powerful organizations that still won't say it, haven't updated their websites and just ignore that it exists. And we have a lot of work to do. Um, We got to keep going. You know, I think folks get U equals U fatigue or they feel like U equals U was created in New York in the U.S. by someone who looks like me. It didn't. It's not. It was created by everyone. And it's actually a global mandate of PEPFAR and the Global Fund now. It's required of these agencies of all these countries. It's actual science. It's a fact. It's a phrase that's been endorsed at the highest levels to the grassroots, dirt roots levels. But we've still seen erasure in many parts of the world, including the U.S., 
um, where we, we've got to do better and keep supporting each other. So back to thanking you both for the camaraderie and the friendship and the, the partnerships between our, our organizations or when we've been working in the same organizations or with each other. We just haven't stopped. You haven't stopped. And we need you. Appreciate you. I can't speak for everyone, but I think we've all just gotten a little used to being a little radical, right? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> that's that's what the world needs. Just a little the bit. The world needs people who think differently and, and are, yeah. are committed to a hope and a future that's better for yeah. everybody, not just themselves. Yeah. I was going to say, people are afraid of change too, Calvin, you know? Oh, absolutely. What do we say? People are afraid of things they don't understand. So, of course, people fought against you equals you. But here in the U.S., it's still a trying fight to try to get a lot of organizations to talk about you equals you, to tell their clients about it. Here where I'm at in Las Vegas, we finally got a you equals you campaign, you know? So I think if we just keep speaking up and keep talking about it and normalizing it, then people will eventually gravitate to it. But it's just, it's really frustrating that it's taken this long in the U.S. And Bruce always talks about how other countries who hardly have no money, no running water, they're hungry, and they're doing better when it comes to the message of you equals you than we are here in the U.S., and that's pretty sad. So in that thought and be promoting you equals you, Bruce came to visit the clinic that I worked in. You know, promoting that message inside of clinical settings has not been easy, right? It's been a real challenge. So with lots of pushback regarding the fact of zero risk of transmission, how do we dispel this concern? So the good news about that resistance that we've had to zero risk is that the WHO came out with a brief last month on July 23rd that we've been working on with them for over a year that encourages healthcare professionals to actually say zero risk. So having the world's most credible and prestigious medical and public health institution encouraging healthcare professionals to say zero is going to go a long way towards moving those who are resistance. And, and often it is folks from um, ministries of health and healthcare workers who are, are reluctant. So we've got to get that message out. We can say zero. The WHO says zero. We actually even just saw a mainstream article in the HIV field say nearly zero risk. They just put nearly zero out weeks ago, and I've contacted the editor and the author. We still haven't been able to get it changed. And we're saying, don't, don't say nearly zero. You can say zero risk. You know, from 2018, when Allison Roger took the stage in th front of thousands of people, and said, uh, based on the research, it's very, very clear that the risk is zero, that there's no excuses. And now that we've got the World Health Organization saying zero, um, we've got to be very loud and make sure that that communication gets everywhere. That's great news. <laughs> it's so great. The main thing is who's going to talk about it, right? Let's make sure that groups take it on. Do you always say this so well? If you're in this field and you're not telling people U equals U, you need to go to a different field. This is not the work for you. It's just not. Yeah, this is the work for you. What about you, Dee? What would you tell a clinical provider who's having a hard time or objections to those? First, I'll just share this really quick. Um, my provider that I used to have, wonderful, wonderful woman, 
she allowed me to bring U equals U language in her clinic. She allowed me to set it out at the tables, on the desk. She had it in her office. So things of that nature. Uh, And what I could say to physicians in the clinical setting that work with uh, clients who live with HIV is that it's unfair if you don't share U equals U with them. It's not fair. We always say that um, we have a right to know about our social, sexual, and reproductive health. And it is our right. And if you're not doing your due diligence in letting us know this, I think there should be consequences to that because we should know. If I knew this, if I knew this, when I first found out that I was living with HIV, do you know what a different turn my life would have taken if I knew this? So yeah, they need to tell everyone, especially those who are newly diagnosed, they have to know. It's going to change their life completely. So some of the other pushback we have, you know, is within our own community. So what would you say to a person living with HIV who faces disbelief about or an objection to you equals you, such as a, on a dating app or when meeting a zero different sex partner? What would I tell them? The same thing I just told you here. Um, I talk about it so freely, Calvin. So a lot of times I send people a link to read the information but I also talk to them about it and how we can't transmit. And I talk about the studies and I tell them to look it up. So I give them as much information as I can. And after that, that's it. If they don't want to believe it, then there's nothing else that I can do because I've given you all the information that's there. So, Bruce, do you have any advice for folks facing disbelief? Yeah, I mean, that happens a lot. I mean, um, I get a lot of messages, especially from the online dating apps of screenshots of people that have had, you know, nasty things said in response to people sharing their status and being open and honest about their their undetectable status. I think it's it's really hard to have to give, you know, a science lesson before sex or to try to explain this to people. I think it's it's really important to have a, a link to you know, prevention access campaigns website to sort of say, here, all the proof is here that you need. Um, you know, I used to do that when I was on the apps, I would have links to each study and try to send the links to the studies to people. Unfortunately, um, now there are lots of websites, not just prevention access campaign, but a lot of really good sites. Um, they could actually just link to the CDC site by confirming you equals you. So we're in a much better place now to show that we're we're being honest about our status and that we can't pass on HIV, but it still hurts to be rejected. Yeah. And it goes to show we need a lot more education. The app should be constantly advertising about U equals U and PrEP. We see a lot more PrEP, but we've got to reduce the stigma associated with HIV. And the most effective way to do that, we know, is to educate about U equals U, not just those of us with HIV, but mm-hmm. our communities really need to know, especially on these targeted dating apps. But have you noticed, because I have noticed on the apps that there are people that have their profiles up that have U equals U in their profile. I'm seeing that a whole lot more now on the dating app. Yeah, I see it pretty frequently. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell people, um, if you're rejected by that person, that person wasn't the one for you anyway. So 
At last year's AIDS 2022 conference in Montreal, the Prevention Access Campaign unveiled its win-win agenda. So can you describe the win-win proposition, Bruce? Yes, I love the win-win agenda. Um, my colleague, Micah Iguodero, uh, launched this in Montreal, and it was just huge celebration and message. The concept is it's very exciting to be living with HIV right now because now we know that ensuring that we're healthy is the key to everything. Ensuring that we have the treatment and the care and the services to be able to stay healthy and not pass on HIV, U equals U, is the most effective way to end the epidemic. So data is showing that. And so this win-win approach, using this approach in our advocacy is going to lift us up because going in with just the singular approach that we need treatment to save our lives or care and, and services to save our lives as people with HIV, what we learned, and I, I learned very, very quickly in this field, is that there are folks who don't care about people with HIV and they don't care about us. We're gay, we're black, we're brown, we're transgender, we're people who inject drugs, we're people who engage in sex work. We're all kinds of intersectional identities that already face discrimination and stigma. Then you put that on top of that, uh, a sexually transmitted disease and all the judgment around that. So the argument that we need treatment to save our lives and or, or for our quality of life or all kinds of services for us in certain circles isn't going to go as far as saying we need treatment to save our lives. And because when we're healthy, we also can't pass on HIV. And that has social, economic, and public health benefits for countries. It's a win-win for everyone to make sure that people with HIV stay healthy and thrive. When we're happy and we're healthy and we're thriving, we can't pass on HIV. That's good for everyone. It's so exciting. Like it's, I'm so excited about it because it also goes with like the whole Buddhist philosophy of that we're all connected and you know quantum physics and consciousness that we're all connected in Ubuntu and we are all connected and it's a much more loving and effective frame to use in your advocacy for whatever it is that keeps people with HIV healthy. So we hope it catches on. We we launched last summer and it did catch on a bit, but then you know I've been in some advocacy circles and on webinars and it's going to take some time for people to move from just the rights-based approach alone, just, you know, healthcare is a human right and housing is a human right, and moving from that individual focus on, on us to it's good for us and it's good for the country and it's good for ending the epidemic and here's why it's a win-win. So it's, it's like, I hope it will catch on and we'll use it in our, in our advocacy. So what remains to be done to promote? the win-win agenda specifically, and advancing the U equals U movement more generally in the United States? I think it's really just promoting an understanding of it and a, and a, a little bit of a shift. It's not saying to let go of our, our rights-based advocacy. That's really important. And that's what drives so many of us as activists, including myself, is a right to information about our bodies and a right to the treatment, care, and services in order to, to thrive. We're not saying abandon that approach. We're saying really combine that approach with the public health approach, that this is also good for the country, and not just in terms of public health, but also in the economy and cost savings around healthcare. So we wanna shift the narrative to 
yeah, we, we talk about centering the response on the lives of people with HIV. And now we have the data to show that actually doing that is the key to end the epidemic. We have to link those two. So folks will associate caring for people with HIV is the way to end the epidemic. We also need PrEP, not knocking PrEP at all, but that's secondary to making sure people with HIV have the treatment and care that we need to live and not pass on HIV. And just to look at what's happened in the United States with 66% of people diagnosed with HIV currently accessing treatment and care to, to get to undetectable, that's shameful. We should be ashamed. We should be screaming about how horrible that is. That's the worst of all comparable high-income countries and many low-income countries. I mean, we're seeing places in you know, Vietnam and England, Australia, New Zealand, Malawi, uh, Botswana, Zimbabwe up at over 90, up at 90% or over 90% at this point. We're in the US, we're at 66%. And we need to be doing so much better. And one way that we can focus on the folks that are not being engaged and are left out of treatment and care in the United States is by making sure everyone knows about U equals U. It reduces stigma. It helps us feel feel better about our lives and our, our potential for our, our future. And, and it's an incentive to start treatment, to stay on care. And it helps reduce the stigma in the community that those of us um, often face in clinics or in our environment. So it enables us to live and engage more as someone with HIV with our health care. So the U.S. really needs to step it up and make sure this message gets out to everyone and that the message is used in advocacy for folks who are not accessing the treatment and care. I agree. We can't get closer to ending the epidemic if we are not sharing U equals U with people who live with HIV in a clinical setting, in an advocacy setting, at conferences. I mean, this message has to be spoke about consistently. Um, we are the ones, we, people living with HIV, are the ones transmitting if we're not in care not people who are negative taking PrEP. They can't transmit HIV. So we have to work really hard to reach those who are living with HIV, who are not in care, and to get them back in care so they can reach undetectable. And we know not everyone can reach it, but for the majority of it, there's so many people that can. There's a small few that can't, but for the most part, we have to work really hard to make sure everybody is learning about U equals U. It's, it's helping people get back into care that didn't even know about it either once they find out. And it's helping people want to get tested when they hear about it. So it's taking that fear away of people wanting to get tested as well. So there's so many benefits to U equals U. <laughs> so many amazing benefits to, to help us when it comes to HIV. Yeah, Dee, I think your point about getting tested is so important because that's not well known and what we were saying, as you know, early on, we were at a theory that knowledge of U equals U would reduce anxiety associated with testing for HIV. That's actually from Sarah Calabres, um, genius researcher here in the U.S., but who had said that early on. And then it was proven in South Africa. There was a study that showed that men were two times more likely to get tested for HIV when they knew about U equals U in advance. 
So we should be seeing U equals U. It doesn't necessarily need to be the phrase. It can just be people with HIV and effective treatment can't pass it on. That's enough to reduce anxiety. Let's see that in National Testing Week campaigns. Yes. We, we'll see that there. We see that a lot in other countries, in the UK, in Guatemala, Vietnam. Let's, we want to see more of that in the US using this to reduce anxiety and help more people get tested for HIV. But we, we also have to be really clear that First of all, that treatment is a personal choice and it's not our public health responsibility to be on treatment in order to end the epidemic. It's a very personal decision. We want to make sure that everyone has that option, but doesn't feel like they're being forced to go on treatment in order to end the epidemic. It's really about our lives, first and foremost, as people with HIV, our quality of life, our ability to be able to love and have sex and conceive children without any fear of passing on HIV. And it's the way to end the epidemic. Well, I want to thank my guests, Bruce Richmond and Dee Connor, well, my friends, for joining me today for this important conversation. We know the science is there. We know the importance of this for people living with HIV. But we find ourselves in a time where science is being challenged and facts are being challenged. So it's more important than ever that providers and those in charge share this message with the people who need to hear it most. Thank you both for joining me. HIV Connect is made possible through educational grants from Gilead Sciences and Merkin Company, which has no influence over the podcast series topics, content, or speaker selection. To learn more about today's topics and other subjects, visit AIDSinfoNet at www.iapac.org backslash support backslash AIDS infonet or click the link in the show notes. As IAPAC Senior Advisor on Community Engagement, I want to hear from you. You can email me at kpugh at iapac.org. You can also find out more about today's guests in our show notes. Until next time, please be kind and take care of yourself and each other.